my message to you is you are enough. So often in life, we when we're comparing ourselves, we're actually telling ourselves that we're not enough. We're not worthy. It was one of my problems. But you are enough. Exactly how you are. You are enough. You just need to see it for yourself. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, come on in today. We're going to talk about how the life comes at you and how you can hit rock bottom and still drag, claw, pull yourself up, and be back on the top. Okay, today our guest here to share her story of doing that, hitting rock bottom, and going to the top again. Hey, welcome to the show, Lucy Quigley. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Well, I'm glad you're here and glad with uh, we got connected finally and and uh, sharing your uh, your your journey. And so we, we're going to help somebody here in the long run and go from there. So, and uh, I love it early in the morning that uh, we get to get some motivation and inspiration to fire me up, encourage me to get through today. And you're going to do that for me. And your music certainly gave me a kickstart myself today. I was listening to it and I was in my very bad dance mode. I was, you know, getting on a little dance listening to that tune. So that's awesome. I tell people I do is called the white man overbite. <laughs> so that's the well, only dance I know how to do. So I do, right. I, do the, I do the white man. I have absolutely no rhythm dance. <laughs> there we go. So, all right. So Lucy Quigley, she says she'll go by. Lucy Q, the roller coaster. All right, let's go ahead and start your journey here so we can move on so we can help some people today. Well, I think it's important to note that often we look at other people's lives and we see what's on the outside, what they're projecting. And we think that they have it all together, that life is perfect, life is great. But really, when you pull back the curtain, you can see that, no, everybody has problems. Everybody has challenges. And I think that's really where I got caught up in is um, I was looking at the world for everything that I didn't have and what wasn't there. So I'm, I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm like everybody else out there. There's, there's nothing different about me. Um, I'm an executive by day. And on the side, I'm a podcaster and I'm also a journaling mentor. Um, you know, just an average person. But five years ago, I found myself, you know, ticking all of those boxes that society tells us that we need to tick to be happy. You get married, you buy the house, you have the car, you have the kids, you have the dog, you do all of these things. Yet, I woke up one day and realized that something was missing. I wasn't happy. And that's when I started to ask myself some hard questions. And I had to ask myself those hard questions because I actually found myself at rock bottom. In fact, that's when I discovered that rock bottom actually had a basement. <laughs> when, you you think, when you think things are bad, 
they can get worse. And they did for me. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And then one thing you mentioned here is um, a lot of people have this. I want to live like the Joneses. You know, I want to compare my life with them. Why is theirs better than me? And instead of being grateful what you have, you know, being thankful with you, what's going through. And yeah, when we start comparing, that's when we start getting what's going on here. I don't have this. Why don't I have that? You know, so. Yeah, the comparison game will literally suck the life out of you. Exactly. It It takes all the joy out of life, playing that comparison game. But it's not. You know what the sad thing is? You know what the sad thing is? You and I will be looking at somebody up. Their standards higher than not standards, but uh, they have more than us. Okay, and then we're going. Well, why don't I get that? Why have not gotten there? I'm just as hardworking as they are. But then you, there's somebody that's below us, and they're looking at us, saying the same thing about us. Yeah. You know, you know. So that, that that's where. Yeah, I try not to. I'm not perfect, but I try not to do the comparison game. But yeah, I catch myself in it. It's well, it's hard not to because you know you look at social media. You look at what traditional advertising is throwing our way. We're constantly bombarded with these messages telling us that we're not enough. So is it any wonder that we end up playing this comparison game? Do you think, uh, I, have, I have my own answer, but let's say here, do you think this comparison game is different for women and men? Do you think Ooh. it's harder for the women compared to the men? You know... I think it's it's at different levels, and it, mm-hmm. and it plays on different things. Um, I'm I'm the mother of two adult sons, and I'm fully aware of society's expectations of men. You know, even I had this conversation with my husband that men are raised to be. They're told that they have to be the strong ones. They have to be the mm-hmm. providers. They have to do this. They have to do that. So that then feeds into their own checklist that they're comparing themselves to. Mm-hmm. Women, we were raised, you have to be the good girl. You have to do these things. You know, you, you know, also I was raised in the eighties, which was when really women were starting to become, you know, a force on their own in the workforce. But we had to, hey, I remember in the seven, I remember in the seventies when women out burning their bras and everything, and I'm not here. I'm a, a, a mere teenager and I'm burning my mom's bra. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. She said, what are you doing? So I'm celebrating women getting out. I'm burning your bra. Boy, she didn't like that too well. But yeah. <laughs> no, I guess not. They're not cheap. <laughs> um, but, you know, and women were told that, yes, go out and have a career, but you still also have to be that perfect mom. And that was projected in a lot of the TV shows that we've watched growing up. You know, you look at something like uh, Growing Pains or Family Ties. They all have very strong mothers that ran these perfect houses and perfect families. And they also had these perfect careers. So I think in general, I think we're both set up. But what we're set up to fail on is a different list. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yes, totally on that. And I, I do agree with you. They're at different levels. but. When we come down to it, I think the women are judged harder than the men. And again, because women are grown up to do what the man says, to do everything, you know, be the 
the uh, if you want to have a good husband, you got to learn to cook. You got to learn to clean. You got to learn to. I think I think the women, the females, that y'all have a little little bit harder than we do. I think. And again, like you said, we all have different levels. Uh, but in all in all, all in all, I think it's a little tougher for the women. That's very interesting to hear. It is. I told you I was burning my mom's bra in the seventies. I'm telling you. So, and she was, and my mom was a single, single mom. My dad died when I was uh, young, and she raised three of us uh, by herself. And so uh, that's why I say I know how strong women can. Yeah, I've seen how strong women can be, and for all rights, they've got to be strong because raising the children, raising their husband, having everybody (laughs) cook and clean, and everything like that. Work now, you know, back in the 70s, she stayed at home while dad worked. Uh, but now it's a two income family, and so yeah. so she's working, then she got to come home and work again. So, yeah, the day only ends when you close your eyes sometimes, yes. But where that sort of led me into hitting my own rock bottom, and it was a combination of so many things, it was just that perfect storm and that on that one really bad day that brought me to my lowest point. And it was at that lowest point, I realized that I had two choices. I could either look down and drown in the old, in my own crap and muck that I've built up, mm-hmm. or I could turn around and look up at all of the possibilities. And when I realized that, you know, what I can look back now and say is that I experienced a moment of pure and utter surrender. I let go of everything. Nothing I was doing was working. And I just let everything go. And it was the first time that I'd really called out to the universe. And it was more like beg the universe mm-hmm. to, you know, to just give me that one thing. What's that one thing that I need to do right now to pull myself out of this tailspin and start living the life that I've been told I can live? You know, we all watched that movie, The Secret, and it set up a lot of ideas. And and it set a lot of people on the right path. And some people were able to make it work for themselves. For me, it only added to my misery because I failed at trying to do that, too. I couldn't make it. I couldn't figure out how to take all of these teachings and make it work for me. Mm-hmm. And it was in those that moment of, of surrender that I got quiet and I started to think if I don't want to be this person, then who is it that I want to be? Who am I? What do I want? And I ended up creating a vision. It wasn't, wasn't a clear vision because a lot of the times some people will sit there and say, yeah, I have a clear picture of what I want to do. They can describe it right down to the color of their socks. Not me. Not me. I that's, had a that's vague me. When, idea. When people, tell me, when people ask me, what's your 10-year vision, five-year vision? And I say, I just hope I'm still alive by then. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I can't see that far out. Uh, I could see probably within a year, you know, what I would like. But the five and 10, I just can't do it. I mean, I have an idea what I would like, but yeah. But it's a ridiculous question because how can you say who you want to be in five years based on who you are today? Because presumably you're going to learn and grow. Exactly. So you can't really say 
who you're going to be in five years. You can't even say who you're going to be in a year Mm -hmm. because you don't know what life's going to throw at you. But what I could do is for me, I knew how I wanted to feel. And that was enough for me to create a blurry, let's call it a blurry vision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a blurry vision. I knew there was something, I knew there was a better version of myself out there. And that's what I started to think about. Who was that person? How did they spend their time? How did they think? How did they treat their bodies? How did they manage money? All of those things. And um, I wrote down five points about who that person was. And um, I got up the next morning and I wrote out those five things again. Eventually, over time, I kept repeating the process. And eventually, over time, I took those five, it was just five simple bullet points, and I turned them into affirmations. And I also tied into my why. Mm -hmm. So every morning when I get up, I write out my five power statements. Over time, I also crafted my own gratitude passage because, again, gratitude it's so important, but it's also really hard to start to figure out at the beginning, especially if you're not in the not on the best of ground. You yes. know, if you're in the middle of dealing with challenges and obstacles, it's really hard to be grateful when all you can see around you is the crap the you have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. So for you know, me, they tell us they tell us to be thankful for the journey. It's easy to say when someone's got out of the journey, you know, to sit back and go, "Yeah, I was strong getting through that. I can use that later." Yeah, but I'm not thankful as I'm going through it as I am after I get out of it. I wasn't. I didn't used to be, but now because I've I've I have a very firm morning practice. Mm-hmm. My journaling practice involves my affirmations. It involves gratitude. I meditate. I've also started tapping. So I start my days putting myself first and being very grounded. What that means five years later is that when I am going through those challenging times, I can get curious about myself, about my choices, my actions, my reactions. And I'm able to become an observer in some sense, of the situation where, yes, it's stressful, yes, it's crappy, but I find myself better equipped to say, okay, this is just a bad day. This is just a bad short period of time. It's not forever. Mm -hmm. And what is it that I'm learning? What is it that I can build on? And it helps. It helps. It doesn't eliminate, but it helps. Mm -hmm make bad days better. Well, yeah, yeah. And uh, I love the journaling. Uh, I don't do it as often as I really love to, but I love the journaling because a year from now, you've gotten stronger and you go back and you go, oh man, I forgot I beat that problem. I beat that challenge. I forgot about what I went through that. And look where I'm at today. Yeah, I love, because we forget once we get out of it. And so I love the journaling. You can come back five years and go, what? That happened and I did that? Yeah, I, I, I love the journaling. Journaling is probably one of the most underrated tools that we can use in whether you're talking about self-care, self-growth, self-love, any of those things. 
journaling is probably one of the most powerful tools that we can use. And within journaling, you can encompass affirmations, you can encompass gratitude, you can encompass all of these other great tools. But simply setting up the practice and creating it as a habit is it's a game changer. Oh, yeah. Jamie, hey, thank you for coming in, Jamie Brewster. Hey, uh, got to get Ricardo out again to visit your establishment and get a little walk in. So uh, thank you for coming in. Yes, thank you. Thank you for the positivity that you're sharing uh, here with uh, about me. Thank you. Oh, you're just too kind with that. Appreciate it, Jamie. All right. So, so um, Jamie, this is Lucy Q. Lucy Q. Jamie's here listening to us today, this morning. So, all right. Um, so, yeah, love journaling, love the gratitude. And so once we get going those, and so what else would you recommend someone to help them dig their way out of a, uh, a fallen hole there into the rabbit hole? My second greatest tool is meditation. And I know, I know. I'm a talker in everyday life. I talk, I talk. I was that kid in class that they would always make sit at the front because they would hope to get me to stop talking, didn't make a difference. No matter who you put beside me, I'd keep talking. And that's because I have a very busy brain. So meditation for me is challenging. My husband, on the other hand, can slip into a meditation in seconds. It's really Mm -hmm. annoying, (laughs) really annoying. But for me, how I counter that is um, there's, there's different, there's, hundreds, thousands of uh, videos on YouTube that you can find with um, different guided meditations. And they help you bring a little bit more focus if you have a busy brain. But I meditate maybe 10 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. And I am now getting, I I can slip into those moments of peace much easier. And for me, meditation it creates that sort of inner calm and it's an energy that helps. You can help carry it throughout your day. And when you mentioned meditation, that could be praying, that could be your little chance. It could be moment of silence. Uh, it's just something that, that it gets you on the positive start that you train your mind to start off positive. And so however it is, whether it's meditation or praying, however people want to look at it, you know, it's, it's not just, I know some people go, yeah, I know some people say meditation. No, I don't know how to meditate, but do you know how to talk to yourself? <laughs> well, talk to yourself positively and reaffirm yourself, like you said, to start the day off. And it doesn't have to be 10 minutes at the beginning. Do it for 30 seconds and build up to it. Yeah, and it's just about finding the moments of silence. Silencing your, your conscious mind so your subconscious mind has a, has a chance to breathe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can meditate a dozen times and it, you come out of it and you're like, okay, that was good. I feel, I feel good. Every now and then I'll have a meditation where a nanosecond of a thought will come out and it is so clarifying to a situation that I'm dealing with that you step back and you go, oh, I never realized that before. Holy mm-hmm. cow. And it's those, and, and those are the moments that you meditate for. It may take you a hundred times before you get to that that point in time where you have those moments of revelation. But it's important to keep doing it. 
it's it's like any exercise, any any new task that you're taking. It takes time. It takes practice. I went to this um, seminar, I guess you would call it, one time, and one guy says what he does for his meditation is he sings. Uh, I know he say quiet time, but he'll go like uh, he said it'd be like. Oh, God, thank you for letting me get up today and give me another day. Oh, God, this is beautiful and everything. I've got to go in there and brush my teeth now and get all good. And and he said he sings his day to get started as part of his ritual, uh, again, for the meditation. Again, I'm one of them. When I used to study in school, I had to have a TV going and radio going because <laughs> if it's too quiet, I feel like I'm missing something. Yeah. So when you say meditation, I would have to have a TV or radio or something going. And for me to focus, I I just, for some reason, if it's too quiet, I, I think I'm missing something. Huh. And that's it. Is it, you just find a chant to listen to. I, yeah, and, and, I have, and everybody's different. So you don't feel that different. you have to do it some way. Yeah. No. And that's it. Is it a lot of times people think that meditation is sitting there perfectly poised, holding your hands a certain way, cross-legged, yeah. all of this stuff. No, no. You have to do whatever is right for you. Mm-hmm. Find mm-hmm. out what works for you. And then once you've created the habit, then you can refine it. Just start on creating the habit. It's the same as journaling. If you're staring at a blank page and you don't know how to write, just write one sentence. Today, I feel like dot, dot, dot. At the end of the day, I want to feel like dot, dot, dot. And if that's all you can write, start there. Yeah, I like at the end of the day, uh, other people have mentioned this as well that um, my my journaling basically is five things I've found grateful for today. And, you know, sometimes it's going to overlap, but try to find something that's different if possible. You know, so that, that that's what they were talking about. Their journey at the end of the day, just being a gratitude journal, basically at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and gratitude in itself is another important tool in, in your your self-care, your, your self-growth practice, because, you know, as we talked about earlier, gratitude shines a light on what you have instead of what you don't have. And even at my darkest moments, I'm able to find something that I'm grateful for. Even if it's just, you know, if I'm sitting on my porch and I see a blue jay come by and he just happens to land on the railing near me, just in those few seconds of, wow, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's gratitude. Acknowledging what you have around you, appreciating it. But then the key to really, really learning the art of gratitude is to feel it, not just think it. We spend we spend so much of our time thinking, and that's a very masculine energy, not mm-hmm. as in man masculine energy the balance is the feminine energy which is the feeling so we have to connect the both we have to acknowledge and see what we have to be grateful for then you have to feel it to really feel it and if you're having trouble engaging with gratitude just think of one thing somebody that you are that you love. I mean, for me, if I immediately want to connect my my mind and my heart, I just I have this one picture of my husband 
and my two sons standing on our beach, arms around each other. And I all I have to do is call that memory to mind, call that picture to mind. And I can then start to feel it in my heart Mm -hmm. and then work from there. Yes, I'm the sports person. So I would tell people, you know, if they're a sports person, I mean, great with the family life. Awesome with that. I'm not married. So that's why I'm with the sports person. So I tell people, you know, think about your first touchdown you ever scored or your game winning home run or scoring the three pointer at the buzzer, you know, and just and think about that big win to get you back in the mood to get you started again. So. And that, and that's it with gratitude is you have to think it, but you also have to feel it. Mm -hmm. And when you feel it, that's what locks it in. Mm -hmm. That's what locks it in. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, on the game winning thing, remember the energy, you know, the fans, the, the fans, the, that are yelling and screaming and supporting your, your teammates picking you up. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Relive that whole experience. Yeah. And then, you know, from there, you're able to, it, it shifts your perspective on things. And I find myself now just, you know, when I go on my morning, my morning walks, we live, um, I live on the East coast of Canada in the province mm-hmm. of Nova Scotia. And just down the end of my street is this beautiful, I think it's about a five kilometer sand beach. So mm-hmm. quite often um, at low tide, we'll go for walks down there. And there are some mornings, the way the sun hits everything is just, you just think it's heaven on earth. It's so beautiful. It's so perfect. And in those moments, I can feel the gratitude in me. I don't have to see anything. I can feel it in me. Whereas before, I could just walk down the beach and go, oh, yeah, it's a nice sunny day. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of passive. But now it's it's that emotion. A, a lot of people think that gratitude is an action. I also like to think of it as actually an emotion. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I can say that because, again, there's so much energy and vibe all over the place, and it's going to raise your emotions as well. You know, you know people are, again, go back to family life or scoring the touchdown to win the game, and then they're so emotional they're crying. You know, so or they're so emotional that they're fired up and they can't sleep for two days. So, yeah, it's it's definitely emotion involved with it. It's not just a single layer. And, you know, I think if you can find the time to start prioritizing yourself and putting yourself first. And for me, it's a morning practice. I do all of this in the morning because otherwise the day gets away on me. And by the time I get to the end of the day, I'm. My head's too full. I can't do it. So I start my day off with it. And over, you know, if I look back over five years, when I started this journey, I was, I was lost. I was broken. I was unemployed. I was very unhappy. But over five years, I've gone from being unemployed to being an executive. I started my podcast, The Roller Coaster, because, you know, a lot of the time, just as you're doing, You know, once you learn something and, you know, you solve problems, you want to reach back and help other people. So my podcast, uh, I specifically talk to midlife moms because that's what I am. I'm Mm -hmm. a midlife woman. I'm a mom. Um, And I'm also carrying that through to um, a I'm just getting 
almost ready to go onto Amazon, but I've created my first journal, my first guided Mm -hmm. journal to help people start their own practice. Mm -hmm. And then I'm evolving that into a course, which further explains the specific tools that I created for myself. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot that can come. And somebody might look at me and go, yeah, okay, but that took you five years to get to this point. It's like, well, so five years is going to pass anyways. That's right. You can either own it or let it own you. If five years is coming and going, no matter what you're doing. <laughs> and so it's best to learn from it, gain from it. Uh, I can take the knowledge you've learned from it. And now you can help other people. The two things I like here at the best is one, you got to take care of yourself because if you're taking care of everybody else and you're running yourself down and you're too thin to do anything, then your health is going down. You're not helping anybody if you can't take care of yourself. So definitely that one you got to take care of. And the other last thing, helping other people. Taking this stuff to make a gratitude journal, you're going to, you're going to put them four years ahead of the game if they follow your, because it took you five years to go through it. <laughs> you can put them four years ahead because they go, oh, I get this course or I get this webinar and you're going to show them how to get ahead uh, early that they don't have to struggle like you did to get through there. So it's awesome. Yeah, I always joke I'm a bit of a slow learner, but when I get there, I get there. <laughs> That's right. You don't, so, you don't have to, don't stay in the slow lane like I did. I hear you. <laughs> don't I hear you. do that. <laughs> All right, uh, Lucy Q. Wow, we, we need to uh, move. This has been great. Uh, again, you you got me fired up and ready to go. I got to uh, get in there with my mom, get her all fired up now. Uh, 82 is still kicking. So There you uh, go. And so we're getting there, get her going. But uh, you, you've been a blessing here to come out talking and sharing the journey and also showing us what we can do to make things a little easier for us. And so if you want to, go ahead and tell us uh, – your websites, uh, mention your courses or whatnot, your podcast again, any social media in case somebody want to get a hold of you as a coaching or something. The easiest way to get a hold of me is through my my website, therollercoasterpodcast.com. From there, you can, I have a free download right now, which is uh, just a seven day get yourself started on journaling. You can connect with me on social media through there. You can send me an email. You can find about everything that I'm working on. All right, awesome. And I'll put that link in. I'll go ahead and find your other links as well and put them all on there for you as best we can. And so appreciate that. Man, you have definitely been a blessing. So it you tell your husband, pleasure. you tell your husband you're a blessing. Whether he <laughs> I'm sure he I'm sure he knows that by now, but you let him know that uh, the world is going to find out more about how blessing you are to other people. So all right, Lucy Keith, last thing here. We know there's people hurting and struggling. If you can leave us with one big positive nugget that can help them get through today, that's going to be awesome. My message to you is you are enough. So often in life, we when we're comparing ourselves, we're actually telling ourselves that we're not enough. We're not worthy. It was one of my problems. But you are enough. Exactly how you are. You are enough. You just need to see it for yourself. They need to go back and watch Saturday Night Live and watch <laughs> Wayne's World. You're worthy. <laughs> You're worthy. <laughs> so go and get that trapped in your mind. So, all right, Lucy Q, thank you for being on here. Man, you, this has been a blessing. Again, getting me all fired up and ready to go for today. And so everyone else, hey, share this out to someone you know that's struggling a little with. Maybe not all the way down the rabbit hole. Maybe not in the basement, hopefully. And uh, let, her, let them get some advice and a way to claw the way out and how to get started anyway. And then maybe they can come find Lucy Q on the 
website. Go go to her uh, podcast, Roller Coaster, and uh, get some ideas from there with other moms. Everyone else, I'm Dr. James Perdue, the professor of perseverance. Thank you for being here. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.